Today we come to the end of this series that we've been doing, uh, entitled uh, Uncomfortable, dealing with the body of Christ and how we are coming together uh, to be one church. And sometimes it's a little weird, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, uh, but it's all done for the purpose of us making, of God making us more like Jesus, more like himself. So today we come to the Lord's table to remember what he did for us. Let me ask you a question. With, uh, with the holidays a few weeks away, uh, that means one thing a lot of times for most of us that we're going to sit down, whether Thanksgiving or Christmas, and have a meal with people that are very, um, shall we say, weird, a little awkward. Family members that are not only people that we hang out a whole lot with, and so we have weird conversations. Um, they may tell weird stories of things that you don't want to know about. Anybody have any relatives like that? Are you the relative that is like that? Let me put it that way. Are you the one that tells weird stories? Well, I got to thinking this week when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Lord's Supper, uh, when we look back at the original meal that Jesus had, that was an awkward group of people that were sitting at the table. Jesus had called these 12 men to follow him, and they were not the cream of the crop. Let's put it that way. We've got one that his name was Peter, and he was a fisherman, and they were looked down upon by everyone. We had another one. His name was Matthew, and he was a Levi, and he was hated by everyone. Um, he, he was a tax collector, excuse me. He was hated by everyone because they stole, they stole money from uh, all their uh, Jewish people. Then you had one that was actually an assassin. Two guys, two brothers, James and John, that were always fighting to see who would get to sit at the right hand of Jesus. So this was a motley crew of guys. Very awkward, very weird, uncomfortable all the time. And these were the ones that Jesus called to walk with for three and a half years. And then he had his last meal with them. And I've always wondered, why would he pick such a weird group of guys? And then I realized, so that 2,000 years later, I would fit in. That you and I both could come to this table and we would fit in. That Jesus picked some weird dudes for the purpose of then all of us having an opportunity to come and to be a part and remember what he did on the cross for each and every one of us. So not only do we come to the Lord's table today to reflect back on what Jesus did 2,000 years ago for us, but I also want you to see something that is also setting the stage for what's going to come in the future. So if you have your Bibles, look with me this morning to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 9. And what I want to show you is, as we wrap up this idea of the body of Christ, the family of God, even though it's uncomfortable, he's bringing us together to make, it, make us one family, one body, one temple in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it does get uncomfortable, but he's doing it for the purpose of making us better because he wants to show us what is to come here in the very last book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 19. Here's what we see. The book of Revelation was given to John the disciple of Jesus, and he's writing what he has seen before him. He says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of many peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So what we see with John is he's wrapping up for us what we've been talking about, of becoming this one family, this one people, this one church, even in the midst of putting aside my preferences, my desires, my wants, so that others' preferences are met, others' wants are met. That even though we come into this place, into this body with different values, that God says, I want to create a different set of values based on the kingdom of God. And sometimes that may mean that I need to put my values aside for the betterment of the body of Christ, for the extension of the kingdom of God. And so when then John comes and he describes to us what this is eventually going to look like, that what we see right here, this is temporary, but eventually when we get to that, it's going to be something incredible. So when we come to the Lord's table, it goes back to what Jesus did on the night that he was going to be betrayed by, by Judas and what he did with them to describe and give them a picture of what was going to happen in a few days. But this also is a precursor. It's showing us what's going to happen when we get to what John described as the marriage supper of the Lamb in verse 9. Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to say, one day I want to be at that table? And the great part about that is is that he started off with a very motley crew of guys. He added us to the mix, and we all get to sit down with him. It's coming. And so when we have this time together, he's telling us, I want you to see two things here in the book of Revelation. The first one is that God has, has told us how the story is going to end. So though we may come together and we may have some discomfort at times, there may be conflict at times, there may be some weird times, he's showing us because of what we celebrate today that there's going to be a marriage supper table one day when all of us will get together, regardless of where we come from, regardless of the color of our skin, or how much money we have in the bank, or what kind of job that we may have in this lifetime, that one day we're going to set the table as equals and we're going to worship God. The church, the bride, is made ready for the Lamb of God. He's already told us how the story ends. So my question to you is this, why would we not work towards that? Why would we not work towards what that glorious ending is going to be one day? Why would we not work on that here, now, in our day and time? We should. Why would the church not look like what one day the kingdom of God is really going to look like? And so what we've been talking about over the last four weeks is that, yes, it may be uncomfortable, but it's, this is what he's called us to, and that's the second thing. That not only has he showed us what the, how the story ends in verses 6 and 7, but that God calls us to more than a comfortable Christianity. He's called us more to a comfortable faith. He's called us to struggle for what that one day will look like. So yes, sometimes it is uncomfortable. Sometimes it's a little awkward. Sometimes the family meal, we gather together, and maybe we don't necessarily like each other all the time. He says, I want you to work towards peace with one another. I want you to work towards ending conflict. Work through that. Don't sit across the aisle from someone you're hacked off at. Work towards reconciliation. Work on your marriages. Work on your families. In your life groups, work towards a body life mentality where you love one another, you serve one another, you take care of one another, you work, you're there all the time. And for those of you that don't know, uh, my family has personally experienced this this week. My oldest son is at home, he's supposed to be in college, he's up at home lying in bed because uh, he was playing intramural football this past week. Um, that's supposed to be with the flag, and evidently the guy that he was playing against did not understand that it was flag football and basically leveled him. 
breaking his collarbone into two pieces. And Kathy and I, uh, and of course, the best time this always happens is like 11 o'clock at night, yes? So all bad things happen at nighttime, and so there's no way we get to three hours to athlete in time. He's in the emergency room. His mother is a rock. She's doing great at, with all of this at 11 o'clock at night. Um, it's all going downhill quickly. The next day, we travel there, and we begin to experience what Jesus is calling us to as the family of God. People start calling, how can we help, how can we pray, and the body of Christ goes into action. Don't you want to be a part of that? And so yes, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Jesus doesn't call us to a comfortable Christianity. He calls us to a greater calling. One that will one day look like the marriage table, the supper table of the king. Why don't we do that now? I want you to be a part of this. Jesus has provided us the way for that to take place. So this morning we come to his table. One body, one family, one church. And what this is, is a statement of our faith that one, we believe that Jesus is Savior, and two, we believe he's Lord. We believe that together we're saying that what he did on the cross as the lamb, being the sacrifice for us, was good for all time. So no matter where you come from, no matter what your background may be, when we come to the, the supper table of the Lamb of God, the one who sacrificed himself for us, just like those 12, all can come regardless of where you come from. He's provided the way. And together, that's what we say, is that we have invited Christ and we've committed ourselves to him to say that he is Savior of my life. He is Lord of my life, and I live my life for him. And I want everyone to know it. That's why we come today. Let's pray together.